What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Mate Varsity, Sweet Sixteen Bound Edition. How sweet it is! My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's David. You can find me on Wow Those Refs Sucked on Twitter.com. <laughs> and it's your boy Maverick, and you can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak Double Underscore Kid. It is your favorite former Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. That's so sad. I didn't expect that to hit as hard. Yeah, it's it a full we, we could get into it later. First, I have a hypothetical that I want your opinions on. Okay, so like I said, this is purely hypothetically speaking. So say hypothetically, your hypothetical employer postponed its holiday party from December until this Thursday because of, let's say something called the omicron variant for the sake of this hypothetical uh there is a hypothetical white elephant gift exchange as part of this celebration if your gift was hypothetically ordered on amazon is it okay to just cross your name and address off of the label or are you expected to package it in a hypothetical gift bag of sorts gift bag take it out of the box aaron i would i would definitely put it in some type of a bag other than what it was shipped in it's not a box it's one of the amazon pouches that's worse uh, yeah definitely i was planning they got they, they have dollar bags it. at walmart i the nearest walmart's in east bay but i'm going to safeway tomorrow to get a bag Any i was planning on it anyways store. and i asked purely hypothetically my family and i got roasted and i felt like it was inappropriate <laughs> It was kind of appropriate. No! It's a valid <laughs> hypothetical to ask. Take it out the bag. I am! It's a <laughs> hypothetical. Let's talk basketball. We're here. <laughs> yeah. We out here. Did y'all miss it? Did y'all miss the stress? Did you miss the abject dread that you feel during this time of year? Actually, that, that one was the worst sport that was the worst experience i've ever had watching a sporting event in my entire life well let's back let's yeah, back up yeah let's start i was gonna say game. well even before that i think from last year just given how disappointing the result was going out in the first round simply put we don't go out in the first round that's just that's just not what carolina basketball does um and with the coaching change and everything just going my thoughts going into it we had the eight nine matchup with marquette with baylor as our number one seed so even if we beat Marquette, we had a date with number one seed and the defending champions going into the round of 32. Um, it, it might sound perhaps, uh, you know, could be wanting higher expectations, but for me just going into, I just wanted to win that first game just to okay. get that off our back and to be able to get back into what Carolina basketball does in March. Uh, I agree. Again, I, I, I said at the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, be competitive for the ACC, make a decent run in the ACC tournament, make the NCAA tournament, and win a game. You do all those things, successful season, great season. Slap on sweeping state in a state and, uh, and, and beating Duke at Cameron for Kay's last game in Cameron. That's freaking wonderful. And now you're in the Sweet 16. That to, to say that it has ex exceeded my expectations, which is hilarious because I think Adam and Jones said this on their podcast, but like if, if Baylor would have beat us, I feel like it would have just in the fashion, it would have soured the entire, the, I feel like it would have soured the season, you know? I think that is very mm -hmm. valid, but yeah, um, I, I think I can speak for all of us. I'd say that our first game against Marquette, positively caught everybody off guard um, yeah absolutely. absolutely some of our best basketball of the season um brady manic was an absolute torch um and we just dominated from tip to buzzer buzzer against marquette he had brady manic had his season high i believe 28 points um our, uh, mondo had 17 and 10 caleb love had 23 points RJ Davis didn't do much scoring, but he had 12 assists, I believe, which is a career mm -hmm. high for him. Um, uh, Caleb Love had six threes, which tied the uh, tournament record for North Carolina uh, that both Marcus Page and Shimon Williams had. 
Uh, Brady Manic was five for five inside the arc, five of ten outside the arc. That's what you call efficient. Yep. Um, 28, I think, 28 points on 15 shots. That'll do and it. And so good, the good thing was uh, perhaps it paid some dividends two days later, but we also got some burn with the, the secondary guys. Um, Puff had 13 minutes. Dontre Styles had 14 minutes. Um, so that, mm-hmm. that potentially proved to be valuable um, a couple of days later. But, yeah, I don't know much else to talk about this game. Um, I guess the only I thing we can talk about, 32. Thing, I was going to say the only notable thing to talk about from that game was the very awkward press conference moment where someone asked if the team talked to Dawson Garcia at all. Since yeah. We played his former team. And they just chuckled, very awkwardly yeah. chuckled. Yeah, I don't, that was not, that was. I mean, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while now. That we have departed the Dawson Garcia era in Chapel Hill. Yeah. Um, Did I I miss something? Like, did I just miss why? Well, so he left the team because of family issues. That I do know. And his grandmother did pass away, so that it, it was terribly unfortunate, so. Yeah. But as far as like why he's done at Carolina, like I guess I just missed. I I I just haven't put the step in my brain. Uh, yeah. Matt, before you that... talk, let me just tack this rumor mill. Go go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there since the start of the season, there's been talk of certain players not gelling um, on the roster. And if you looked at games, there were particularly two players that would almost openly not pass the ball to each other. One of those two players is not currently no longer playing for Carolina. And now we're playing our best basketball. I it's, would like. Can, there could be a lot more to the story. There, naturally, there's going to be a lot that we probably never will find out. Um, but people, folks always like to try to put two and two together to make things make sense. To be fair, one year fair, ago, uh, we did set. One year ago, we did say that R.J. Davis and Caleb Love could not be on the court at the same time. And that is a take that has very thankfully aged like milk. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I just think this was a very different circumstance. Though. I think so, too. I also, I remember watching games, you know, November through January, I guess. And Dawson looked to me, it just seemed like he looked lost on offense, at least. Um, not great spacing, kind of out of position, but he was still scoring 20 points. So I wasn't I wasn't thinking that hard ab- about it. But I do remember that it's something that I kept saying to myself, like Dawson's all over the place, but he keeps scoring. So I guess it's fine. Well, I remember, um, being, I remember being hard on him for being lost on the defensive end. Like, I remember so specifically being like, Dawson, what the heck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, you would be caught in no man's land constantly, constantly. So I, I that's where I my frustration was at with Dawson. Like I said, that's when he, I mean, he definitely did start having the stretch of games. He had his best game against Purdue. Um, he scored 26, I believe, in that game. But just seemed can never really get into a rhythm. He had the concussion, um, and I think that was just the other circumstances caused to. Like I said, I don't. Uh, I wish him well. Like I said, I, I was ecstatic when he, he came here, um, and sometimes things don't work. Um, like I said, we don't even know. He could very well uh, end up still in a uniform this year. There's just a lot of speculation that 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 journey is over. Kerwin Walton had say... 31 minutes in the Purdue game. I would say Purdue? that the taste left in my mouth from Dawson Garcia is a lot less sour than that left in my mouth from Walker Kessler. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfectly fair. So, I, like I said, it, uh, it's all speculation. There's absolutely none of that is substantiated. Uh, again, that's just folks trying to make sense of the world around them um, to make themselves feel better. Um, but again, you, you also look at the verbiage Hubert's doing, where he's talking about this team has never been healthier. You can do, you can consider healthier to be both physically and 
figuratively. He also says the togetherness is at its all-time high. Again, you can read between the lines and make assumptions behind that and see what he's referring to with that. Um, but again, going back to it, played really well against Marquette um, and earned ourselves a date with the defending national champions. And oh boy, did we have ourselves a game. 30 minutes of beautiful basketball. I mean, the best 30 minutes of basketball we've played this entire season. I almost, almost just want to burn the last 15 minutes of game tape Um, because they were so weird. I mean, we can talk about the officiating. There were the, the, it keeps going around the 14 fouls called in the last 10 minutes of the game with 13 of them going against Carolina, of course. I would like to focus on how in the first 30 minutes of that game, we were dominant. Yeah, I will add just there is nothing that I have to add to the official conversation. Like as far like as like how far like the game was refed that I'm sure like I, I have nothing to add that hasn't already been said by somebody else, either via Twitter or a podcast or whatever. I will just say that never before like i i really try like because i see i see nc state fans do it they do the the well it was the refs and like is that I, your I, southern accent uh, it's the refs get at <laughs> you know and like i try not to be like i disagree with calls there i disagree on a call to call basis like ah oh, you know but like i usually feel like i'm pretty unbiased when it comes to like oh no that was a charge oh no that was a foul yeah yeah they got they got that one or all oh, that was out on us or whatever <clears throat> but never before have i felt like we or any team was getting just absolutely jobbed by the red like it almost felt so fabricated it wouldn't it wasn't even close to reality like i was like what am i just watching a different game than the people blowing the whistle because it was just astonishing just the level of lopsidedness it's bad when the college basketball world takes carolina side correct right so that that's all i was gonna say was that never before have i actually genuinely felt like there was like the refs were like really working against us like it it almost felt like they were trying to fabricate a result and I, I know that that's that is we're getting real dicey with like verbiage there, but that that's how I felt. So, I mean, we can use therapy words. Uh, we can use the I think, I feel, I know. It yeah. felt fixed. It I did felt feel. Like, <laughs> it felt <laughs> or, fixed. Yeah, I, I really. I, you had already cited with Jones and Adams podcast. I, I think Adam made probably one of the more salient points where it felt like. You know, we're up 25 under 10 minutes under any other circumstances. Brady doesn't get ejected, uh, yada, yada. We're, we're winning that game. and the But all game long for that 30 minutes, it, it got quite chippy. We had some contact technicals, some pushing and shoving. Uh, Bro, if I had to see Between Baycott and Cisco, as he's being I've, called. Um, I've never heard so, of a dead ball contact technical until – the route this, until the yeah, first this round, and now yeah. I've seen like a bajillion of them this tournament. Um, what the fuck is it? <laughs> I, I've I've seen a contact technical before. Yeah, and so um, you know it got chippy the whole game, and perhaps it was just an idea. Maybe the refs were like, "Okay, we got to get this under control." Um, you know, game potentially is over. We we got to restore order here. So let's up, let's give it a flagrant two, um, such because it shouldn't otherwise affect the game. Now, like I said, again, purely speculation, but it seems valid. Uh, but it ended up indeed having major implications, not to mention that the, the call itself is pretty polarizing. But I get it. I, I, it needed to be a flagrant. I, you, you just can't land an elbow above the shoulders and it not be a technical. But I've or, also or seen a, a flagrant that elbow. Rather. I've seen that elbow so many times, and it's always a flagrant one. I've never yeah. seen that elbow. Well, so that was a, it was a fluid motion in the in a basketball move, if you will. Um, you know, with boxing out to get a rebound and such, and it just happened 
uh, that it connected with me. Like I said, I, I think it should have been I'm totally fine if it was a flagrant one. Um, but I don't think it should have been a flagrant two. But and like I said, and people are like, now he's going to be suspended the game, blah, blah, blah. But I don't they, they've already confirmed he, he will play Friday. What I would like to take from the last 15 minutes of this game is that like the Clemson game, like the Louisville games, like Syracuse, we found a way to win. When things got hairy, we found a way to get it done at the end of the game. That's not something that could be said about this team in early January or December or November. And I think that the team should get a lot of credit for finishing that game after the way it went. Were there hiccups? Of course. Um, But even with the troubles getting the ball up into the front court, we found a way to win. Yeah. Yeah, And also, it's not just coming back. You're doing it on the national, the defending national champions. Um, And essentially what's a home game. Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest concern and the biggest criticism of this team through the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the season was that they didn't have any fight and they panicked whenever anything went wrong. And I think that the past month has very strongly proven those two concerns wrong about this team. Yep. All right, so anything else from the Baylor game? I actually value I, – I say the only 10 minutes were bad. Um, because five, we held them one of eleven, one of eleven shooting. Um, Don Trez's big time three. It was one of those Theo Pinson threes where you're like, oh no, oh yes. <laughs> he shot it confidently. He just rose yeah. up and fired. Um, and I mean, believe it or not, we never truly lost the lead. They only tied it. They never took the lead. Mm-hmm. So as as hard as they punched, we always responded. So, David, or go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say my only other things were that after that game, Baylor and Jeremy Sohan, or Sohan, however the hell you say his name, are both up there for my all-time least favorite non-Duke player slash team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I was wondering why – like, I feel like it it would take a lot for – us to like root for Kansas, but Kansas was very ready to root for us. Uh, apparently, the Big Twelve hates Baylor. So as soon as I saw it, Sohan's Dennis Rodman haircut, I knew I was going to hate him. Well, and also, you know, I just they just played so like the, I don't, again. I don't want to keep talking about the refs, but like they should have fouled out a while ago. Like. They should not have even been in that position because, quite frankly, they sat at four fouls for way longer than they needed to. Yeah. I mean, and it happened in the Marquette game, the Baylor game. Uh, I can't remember. There was one of the other tournament games. So I guess we can just bump people over the half-court line now, too, and it's not a foul. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, you know. So, regardless, you know, Baylor is – I'm not going to say that because, like, people hate Creighton. Like, really hate Creighton. But I'm sure Baylor is like tier two next to Creighton as far as like non-Duke hate, as far as like uh, like NCAA like tournament hate. Because even with Creighton, we won the game. <laughs> but at anyway. what cost? At what cost? This one was just just so frustrating. But yeah, yeah, like I would say that the non-rival team that I hate most is without a doubt Virginia Tech in football <laughs> and basketball. Um, and I would say that Baylor, it, Baylor basketball is pretty close to how much I hate Virginia Tech. David, you mentioned earlier that you said, you know, we swept state, beat Duke at Cameron. We won a, made the tournament, won a game in the tournament, and this season you would call a success. You're not feeling the teensiest bit greedy at this point. Just a little greedy. Ask me after Thursday. (laughs) Because if Duke beats Texas Tech and we win against uh, and we beat UCLA, I'm going to start sweating. (laughs) I'm going to start sweating. (laughs) 
like really hard because I'm going to be pulling for the Zags harder than I've ever pulled in my freaking life. Uh, because I, I am not built like that. I know myself. I am not built like that. I will have to take so many relaxing things uh, for myself. Um, I, I would not be able to handle it. And that would, that is the only other like Trump card that Duke could have over us to make the win against coach K in Cameron, almost a moot point because it's like a win against a win in the final four for either of us is the ultimate, like, ah, gotcha card. And I just don't want any of it. I don't want any of it. I tweeted this out. I said, I would rather lose to UCLA than tell someone, tell me that we are for sure going to play Duke in the final four. I'm sorry. That's probably an unpopular take. Yeah. I don't want those problems. If you had to play Duke or let them win this championship, what would you choose? Let them win it. Really? Oh no. Let them win it. I, I, I just don't want to see them win it, but I'm, I'm starting to get a sinking feeling that they might very well. Yeah. Uh, I, I try not to read into the first weekend a ton. Like so that, I feel like it starts getting real now. If if yeah. Michigan State uh remembers how to on play basketball for the last two for the last two minutes of that game, they win. Like that this just, it just feels more it feels I I get the anxiety from Carolina fans. To me, it still feels very precarious for Duke. Um it's not like they blew Cal State Fullerton out. I sat there with Mav in the buff in the empty Buffalo Wild Wings and watched mm-hmm. that entire game. Um and like they played well, but it's not like they were they looked like world beaters and Michigan State gave them all they could handle until the last two and a half minutes of that game. I don't know. Yeah. And Texas Tech is old as heck. And they better are, than and, Michigan State and Cal State for old I mean they're longer too. I don't think they have a player under six six. They do that almost like that position in this basketball. Now, they don't shoot particularly well, but um, they're probably one of the most physical teams left in this I was going to say, they play hard physical basketball, and as we have talked about, this Duke team is a little soft. They like to talk, though. They like to chirp, and Paolo Bancaro loves to freaking chirp. I watch him. I, I watch the Duke game, and he loves to he'd be like, I'm here. This is my spot. Yeah, I'm, and I'm like, oh my god, like, bro, you're playing Cal Fullerton, like, <laughs> relax, like, relax. Is it just me, or does he kind of look like Tyus and Trey Jones? Like, where he he looks like an imp. <laughs> I get it, but the, he he doesn't have the stature. He's six ten and like, yeah, he's right like there. a stretched out version of them. Yeah, like <laughs> like a stretched out, like version. in a funhouse mirror. The entire starting lineup for Texas Tech. Um, I'm just gonna read off heights: six five, six six, six six, six eight, six eight. Like I said, I, Jeremy Roach is gonna have a challenge, especially driving. I mean, he he proved that he can shoot it really well in crunch time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll be able to put a lot of pressure on him. Like I said, they just have to do basically what Marquette tried to do with us: just keep it physical or. Try to get them out of rhythm. Um, yeah, I just don't trust. I, I just feel like with the, they need you need that person that can just flame um, and just keep them at a, a distance. And I just don't see that necessarily on Texas Tech. Yeah, but I feel like from watching Duke, they get frustrated when they are not uh, physically like obviously physically superior uh this duke team is as best when they are able to get to the basket whenever they want paolo wants to drive he wants to go to the basket um and when you cut him off two times when he tries to when he's like probing he'll get frustrated and take a bad shot um and i think that's something that this texas tech team will be able to take advantage of it's not like they're anemic on offense their offense is fine but that defense is something serious so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i have more analysis about now, this game than the actual ucla carolina yeah, game that we it's should also about. do the refs try to do an equalizer and does texas tech lose their starters due to foul trouble yeah well it also it also just makes me nervous because i know notre dame they played Notre Dame, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Notre Dame is a good team, but I don't think they're like they got blown out by Duke, and that's why I was like, please do not let North, do not let Notre Dame be the one to play Duke and get this cakewalk because that would be terrible. I, at least Texas Tech will give them a fight. I think. I don't know if they'll win. I hope they win. I don't know if they will. Um, but you know, I was I was rooting for Texas Tech because I thought I think that if it was Notre Dame, they would have had a bad time against Duke. Let's talk Carolina UCLA. Let's. This game will tip off. It'll be the second game on Friday on CBS. So just. 20 30 minutes after that first game ends that's when the carolina game will begin at the earliest at 9 39 i believe so um do whatever you need to do to be able to um stay up speaking of staying up we need to talk about the women after this um because i did end up watching most of that game mercifully they were up 20 after the third quarter so i could go to bed but we will go we'll talk about them in a second uh, UCLA, Johnny Juzang, uh, of course, their best player came onto the scene last year. Um, they're just kind of a well-rounded team that just plays well together, honestly. Um, they shoot the ball fine. They play defense fine. I mean, I just bet they, their offense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good, but nothing really jumps out as far as their stats besides their turnover percentage they really do not turn the ball over that much they don't shoot most of their points over half of their points come from inside the three-point line they are not apt to really uh bomb away from three but they just take such good care of the ball that they're going to have the shot volume to be able to compete with people that is how they they just play sound basketball is what they do yeah i I don't want to say like there's anything like particularly that, that you would point out for the team. They're just sound. They're a really sound team. Um, one thing I noticed, particularly in the St. Mary's game, I didn't see from before, but they, ha- they have a, also a really crisp uh, inbounds set that they run where Juzang just runs, does a little curl like right on the baseline and takes a jump shot immediately. And, and it's pretty effective. Um, we so have struggled against um, baseline out of bounds this year on defense. So, yeah, it sounds like they're definitely a strong mid-range shooting team. But believe it or not, I don't fear this UCLA team in the sense that I necessarily fear the Baylor team. Um, I don't see a clear matchup problem or gap in physicality or anything like that that could have played more of a factor in the Baylor game. Um, and at this point, with like confidence probably at all-time high for the team, it's just like we can beat anybody like we are is johnny juzang because i feel like last year he had a lot of hype behind him but it's been kind of quiet for him this year has he been having a down year like that just might be my own ignorance but i feel like like a lot of the hype around him came when he started blowing up the entire world during the tournament last season Mm. yeah i'm trying to see if i pull up his stats i mean it's pretty similar to to last season. Um, looking at his numbers, are almost identical. <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. um, if anything, maybe a slight drop. Like I said, he it looks like he shot forty four percent last year. He's forty three percent this year. His three point percentage is about the same. His free throw percentage is gone down from eighty seven to eighty three. Um, but everything it's relatively similar. Yeah. Um, and I just that, don't think I don't think this team is the same because who was it they lost last year? Um, they well they have a lot of players that made uh, on that final four team. It doesn't seem like they have the necessarily uh, you know the notoriety that that team had because again that was the team that going into that tournament was the first four team that just made it all the way. So even last year they didn't necessarily have it, um, and they just got it because of the run they made. Now, I did watch a little bit of the UCLA St. Mary's th- game. Didn't one of their main starters get injured? Yep, Jaime Jaquez went down with a ankle injury. Yeah. Did not practice today and is labeled as day-to-day by Permit Cronin. Mm. 
So even if he does play, uh, most likely wouldn't be at 100%. And that's probably going to be Brady's assignment. Um, he didn't seem particularly, even healthy, didn't seem particularly like agile or something. So he, but he's definitely there for. So I think Brady would be able to defend him fine. Yeah, I feel I like imagine... that's optimal because I feel like Brady is our worst defender out of the starters. And I don't know. And he's definitely stepped it up, in the, at least in the course of the tournament. Um, and so uh, I would say Leaky then gets Drew Zang, yeah. um, Caleb on Cody Riley. And well, you could either do it either or RJ Davis on Cody Riley or. Uh, Caleb Love on Tiger. I might even say Caleb on Tiger, which, just because I feel like give him that link to look at. Yeah, because I feel like Tiger can get hotter quicker than Cody Riley can, and I feel like RJ's like agility can keep up with him. Oh, also, sorry, I want to rewind to the Marquette game. One thing that we need to say that we didn't mention: we need to have someone put Caleb in a headlock more often. <laughs> yeah, the we, well, we did I briefly mention thirty-two. When that happened. It unlocked a different side of Caleb that I don't think we've ever seen before. The St. Louis came out of him. <laughs> um, yep. But again, and we are going to be in Philly. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing. Let the Philly come out. Um, I think one of the the quotes that has caught fire over this, Hubert Davis was like, you know, I hope after these two games, you know, the narrative of us being a soft team, a mentally weak team, and such, kind of goes away. And right before the Baylor game, mentioned that. You know, there's three types of people, someone who uh, doesn't want to fight, who does want to fight, or who's looking for a fight. And he wants his team to be a guy, uh, full of guys who are looking for a fight. Um, and it's definitely shown in those first two games. So they'll find a fight on Friday with UCLA. Should they win um, again? Because not knock on wood, but it worked out for us last time. Um, should they win? Playing the heavily favored Peacocks of St. Peter's. Yep. <laughs> yep, we're, we're either going to be facing uh, the Purdue Boilermakers or the Cox of St. Peter's. So. Give me Purdue. I don't want none of the Peacocks. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want none of that. I've, I know a team of destiny when I see one. I don't want none of that. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. Like you were mentioned, like, any sense agreed. I do feel ultimately content at this point um it more just comes down to our success versus duke success that's where the greed comes in so i kind of yeah. share with david's sentiment where I'll, I'll i'll probably have a it might change after thursday night depending on the result of that game my my thing is i've seen duke win a championship before it's it was fine i lived no i don't know if i would live no it's they... it's not for me it's not necessarily them winning the championship it's winning the championship in case last year that's the, the, the big part because how sto I, the storybook ending, you don't want the storybook ending. You want it to be happily never after. Wait, listen, would personally been on the other side of the storybook ending when you talk about like Peyton Manning against the Panthers and I hated it. So don't want none of that. I get it. Cause like I said, any coach K documentary, do you want, do you really want to see that? brought up every single time that he, he went out as a national champion. Oh, gosh. Any what last... I will say is, yeah, oh, this is going to be my last point, is that I think that this team has gone, and Coach Davis's coaching job has gone in a very short period of time from something that was very concerning, both the performance of the team and the mentality of the team and Coach Davis as a coach, to an all-time great Carolina coaching job and a Carolina team that regardless of what happens in the next game or hypothetical games as a Carolina team that will go down in the history books of the program. Yeah, he already has two signature wins under his belt. But, uh, if there's any more doubts about his leadership and ability to lead this team um, and put them in a position to be successful, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not an all time Carolina team, I don't think, but this starting five is one of the most memorable starting fives in a long time for Carolina. 
like I said, it has a lot of, it echoes a lot from 2000, you know, with coach Guthridge, it was, I don't know if that was exactly his last year, but again, a relatively new coaching regime, uh, an eight seeded North Carolina team beats the number one seed. That team went to the final four. Let's hope these next couple years uh, <laughs> end up a little bit better than those. But uh, if you're a Carolina fan and you're not feeling pretty good about the direction of the program right now, I feel like that says more about you than it does about the program. All right. Women's basketball. We're Let's back. Go. Let's go. Greensboro yeah. region on Friday. Just set your televisions. We'll, we'll be able to watch the women at 7 and then flip over to CBS to watch the men play. They are going to be playing South Carolina, the one seed in Greensboro. I didn't get to watch much of their first game. Um, I wasn't planning on watching much of the Arizona game, but I just happened to not be able to sleep last or last night. Yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, last night. Um, so I I caught a good bit of it, and I um I let the soothing sight of Deja Kelly um cooking all of those <laughs> girls <laughs> um, yeah. put me to sleep. It, it was a little shaky in that first game. We had Stephen F. Austin, and there were already two other 12-5 upsets that happened. There have been a lot of upsets, actually, in this mm-hmm. in the first weekend for the women, and particularly the top four if top four teams who were hosting getting beat on their own court. Um, Iowa got lost to Creighton uh, in a very heavily favored matchup for Iowa. Um, LSU lost. I forget, now I'm forgetting who they played. I mean, there was just a lot of upsets all around. Oregon lost. I don't think they hosted, though. Um, but yeah, there was just definitely a lot more madness than I remember in years past returners. But it seemed shaky at first because Stephen F. Austin just had one of those uh, just kind of gimmick defenses where they just played press a lot. Um, and with when you do that stuff, it's, it's going to work every now and then. And so it, it was just really a gritty game. But I would say by the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, our shots just started connecting. And once you get a lead on those type of defenses and that they have to play from behind, they have to shift their energy to playing offense versus defense. Um, and if their energy is already spent, it's only going to put them in a deeper hole. So that's how I evaluated that first game. Yeah. And game last night, looked like what Carolina has done to a lot of teams this year where you they just shut them down for a quarter just 10 (laughs) minutes don't let them score (laughs) and just slowly and the thing is when that happens a couple times this year we we like we rain down the the scoring for but for the most part it's just been solid defense slowly pull away and it's just kind of a it's more of a of a constrictor sort of feel to to how they play teams that's not going to be very easy to do against south carolina yeah and one key difference uh from yesterday compared to the teams we played earlier that's the national runner-up from last year they were in the national championship game last year and we beat them by 18 on their home court we held them under 50 points that's impressive very yes no we definitely have the heck of a juggernaut with South Carolina going to Greensboro, but hopefully I think it's going to be pretty heavily Tar Heel. I mean, South Carolina travels well, but I think we'll be able to at least keep it close to even um, in Greensboro. Hopefully the Greensboro Carolina fans come out in force. Um, Just letting y'all know if y'all are listening, it's easy to get in and out of the stadium. If you're worried about getting home, if you live in Greensboro from the stadium, um, you will be able to get home in 40 minutes <laughs> to anywhere in Greensboro um, after that game. Um, so do not let uh, the men's game deter you from going if that's something you want to do in the triad. And I just, in general, like I remember like my first year at Carolina, like men's team was really good. We had, you know, that was its thing. But I felt like the women's team was also its own sense of pride. Like, I remember, like, all those players on that team and and going to those games and really having a great time and watching that team and having a lot of fun. And 
to kind of see the trajectory of where the program was and kind of it's on that downhill slope and you're like oh man this is really disappointing that sucks because you know you want all the programs at Carolina to succeed but I just they like I very clearly remember like where the program was at least for, as a, an observer and then now to see where coach Banger is is taking it again and putting it on the upswing and, and getting that national respect and having a team that fights and claw and has the talent and is having the recruiting success you know again like it's just really encouraging to see the turnaround that the program has had considering where it was left when that coaching change happened and i think that it's really commendable what what what's happening um like yeah coach Banghart continues to be a, an absolute grandson and, and we should only get better is the right. fun part these are the core of this team are sophomores and so two three years now they're going to be primed uh for a big time run. Imagine them all in their fifth year <laughs> still playing here with their COVID year. <laughs> and with COVID year, yeah, that's very much a possibility. I didn't even think about that. Um, so, yeah, I really like to, what the, to see where the team's going. Paige Kelly is just an absolute flamethrower. Um, like I said, still complete. I love Kennedy Todd Williams, Gabe, just a Swiss Army knife. She can do it all defense, shooting, you know, getting to Ball the basket. Handling ball handling like everything yep so uh cheering on the women cheering on the men um march has been fun in the basketball world in chapel hill let's keep it going yeah one of three teams that both men's and women's programs made the sweet 16 shouts to iowa state and michigan do we move on to the not fun sports things the faces that just popped up on the screen oh no oh no nfl yeah aaron i'm sorry bud i really am like I, i'm sorry yeah, i am yeah it sucks well, well because yeah. like i feel like colby and i are kind of in the same boat where like i think we were both also prepared to do that if it happened for the panthers like I was fully prepared to be like, all right, fan free agency. Where am I headed to next? Like, oh, I'm headed to um Team Scott Hansen. That's exactly where I was heading. <laughs> I still might, depending on my next couple years go. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it sucks. It Aaron, sucks. Aaron, I think you should. Uh, I, I mean, we are privy to your decision. Uh, but I think you should uh, you should drag out your free agency for a while. Hey, we're we're taking applications. I know you you're in San Fran, you're in the Bay now. I I completely understand the 49ers, but hey, we're just putting it out there. Keep your options agency, open. See who makes an offer. My free agency is likely down to one of two options. One of which is I become a Niner fan. The other is I go on a long hike every Sunday. <laughs> I was about to say the other could be just relaxing and not <laughs> not getting yeah. pent up on your weekends. Yeah, that is a very distinct possibility. But yeah, I would not blame you one bit. Not fun. I was upset when they were even considering trading for him. And it is a whole nother level after they did it. But I don't need to be a Browns fan. It's fine. Hmm. I'm sorry, bud. I am. At least I ended my fandom on my all-time favorite quarterback. <laughs> Who will not then, be a Carolina Panther? Yeah. I learned I, I, did y'all see the quote? The mutual disinterest. Mutual disinterest is amazing. I mutual, didn't see that, actually. That's funny. Mutual disinterest is hilarious to me. <laughs> Oh man. But I mean it feels like would it be what? Who would it be at this point? Like Seattle? But yeah, from what Atlanta? I saw from what I saw, the Browns might cut him and he would sign in Seattle. Which do we even talk about Russell Wilson to the Broncos? Oh no. No, we didn't talk about that. Um I don't 
see the plan. I don't either. At current, to be completely no. honest with you, in no sense to me. It was so. So the big ones are Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Depending on who you are, another big one is Matt Ryan to the Colts because I've been watching a certain someone on Twitter just slowly devolve into into madness. And it's been both sad and also really hilarious. <laughs> did you see the profile pic change? I did. It's so I funny. did. Follow four verts on Twitter. It's a good time. So um, good. So good. Let's see. A uh, wince to the commanders, the commies. Commander wins. Commander wins with that also, outfit. Our boy, our boy Mitchell to the Mitchell. Steelers. Yeah, we all said uh, we want the St- we want the Carolina quarterback to go to the Steelers, and they said bet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been a QB carousel. Yeah, and it seems for now, at least on the Panthers' end, that it's looking more and more likely that we take a quarterback at six. So, please take Malik, please. Yeah, I'm leaning Malik Willis right now, but. <laughs> I saw him bomb a third, a sixty-five yarder. Please, <laughs> yeah. I, I of the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter's probably the most ready to start right now. Other than that, I'll take the toolsy dude that can, <laughs> that could just run all over the run all over the field and just chuck it seventy yards. I'll take that. Are we in win now mode? Panther, are we in Pantherland and win now? I feel like you go with the guy who's gonna go with the ceiling. Yeah, go with the, go with the guy that a good head coach would want to coach. Um, after this season, there you go. Yes, not to. Is there any other NFL stuff? Uh, Devontae Adams trade. Oh, duh. Oh, yeah. yeah, huge. Apparently, to play with he's the homie. been a lifelong Raider fan. Who knew? Yeah. Mr. Carr again. Yeah, they bought he bought a house like right next to him, didn't he? That's cute. That is cute. Yeah. I mean, Titans didn't do too much with ours. I mean, we did release Julio Jones, so that one year project was over. But we traded for Robert Woods, which I am kind of excited about. We only traded a six yeah. round pick. Um, I think he'd be a perfect wide receiver too next to AJ Brown. So I'm assuming he gets fully healthy. Like that pick, and we took your boy Austin Hooper at tight end. Um, I feel like anything would have been an upgrade from our tight end position this year. I know he's kind of struggled with the Browns, but uh, hopefully he can improve. I feel like I saw this somewhere, but if it's if it's actually a thing, if it's real, then it's sneakily like a really good move because it's a rich getting richer moment. But. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster to the Chiefs. Yep. Is that yep, a, yep, yep, yep. That's yeah. Yeah. Juju and Jackson are gonna be blowing up the TikTok game. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a you know you got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, you got the Sammy Watkins still on the on there. Sammy Watkins stinks. No, who is no Miko Hardman, right? Hartman, Hartman? He also yeah. stinks, but he stinks less than Sammy Watkins. All I'm saying is... Um, Josh Gordon. Yeah, there's lots of weapons on the Kansas City Chiefs. Byron Pringle. Mr. Pringle. That's the other one I was thinking of. Mr. Pringle. Um, y'all, I, I don't want to bring this back unless there's more NFL talk. I would be remiss if I just didn't briefly mention that Kentucky did not win. <laughs> Uh, and I just want to take this opportunity again to bring up that nobody does less with more than Mr. John Calipari. Maybe Coach Krzyzewski, but I feel like it's John Calipari. <laughs> Point received and acknowledged. <laughs> uh, Matt, to close this out, I think you have a question for us. Yeah, did you, um, on <laughs> social media, I just became slightly obsessed uh, with Carolina football post um you have you have you seen in like nfl uh practices they 
put the question of the day on the board and people use the tiny mic and respond to them. Well, the question of the day at practice was, in the world, are there more oh, yeah. doors or wheels? I've, I've seen the TikTok thing. I have a very, I feel very strongly to one side, so I will let you all go. My favorite thing about this was Carla, who's extremely offline, learning that this is a thing and just looking at me and saying, why does it matter? <laughs> it was the most beautiful, like, just sort of like, this is what you do all day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, you sit, you look, you watch people argue about doors and wheels all day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the sort of thing where it's like, one is that just like the people's like, just uh, obsession with being right. And also feeling like that they have the superior, either philosophical or logical way of looking at it that makes them a better person, I guess. I feel like that's what it boils down to more than just answering a question about doors and wheels. But 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 there is an answer. And I feel like it's pretty simple. Yeah, I agree. You want to say it on three? Oh, yes. No. One, oh, two, no. three, go. One, two, three, wheels. Wheels. Yeah. Okay. It's not I, even close. It's not I, even close. I I was worried because, like I said, I think the strongest point that was made was the Hot Wheels. That every Hot Wheel has four wheels, but they don't. Those doors don't function on Hot Wheels. Um, and also, people mentioned the car thing, where usually cars wash because it's four tire, four wheels, and four doors. But they forget the wheel, the steering wheel, the spare tire that's in the trunk, the dials uh, on their radio. Um, there's definitely a lot more wheels than just four. I think oh, there's listen, take out, take out steering that... wheels, take out dials, take out all yeah. of that. There are more I also think, bicycles I also, in the world than cars. <laughs> I also think you need to take out like cabinet doors. Those don't count. A human is not yeah. designed to go no, into add a in. cabinet. Add, yeah. add cabinet doors. Add them all. It doesn't matter. Well, it's wheels. I, I also like the one about skyscrapers. Like you look at a skyscraper and imagine how many doors in there will especially like an office building, every single cubicle in that office building has a chair in it that has at least four wheels on the bottom. Probably, <laughs> Probably five, five yeah. wheels on the bottom. Five. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel much better. I'm glad we're in agreement. here. It's Yeah, it's not even close. It's not close. Also, you, you go into like manufacturing. Um, the wheels. Yeah, conveyor systems, belts have a bajillion wheels. Engines, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I'm, I'm I'm glad because like I said, but like I said, let one of us have been doors and it would have just completely deteriorated. No. It's it's obviously wheels. I'm glad that we are all sensible people. And again, that's what it boils down to. It's like, hey, I feel strong in my decision. I feel like I've made a very sensible choice. Therefore, I must be a good person and a smarticle person. And so I think that's what those philosophical questions boil down to. All right. We're running close to an hour. So I think it's time for us to get out of here. Long pod. Good to have the whole crew back. Yeah. What happens? And like I said, good content. Yeah. Tell your friends. Rate us. Review us. All right. So uh, next time we will talk about the Sweet 16 Elite 8 games. Um... And we'll see what else happens in the world. Talk to y'all later.